This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. You know, uh, we are in a series of miracles, uh, and really, the Bible is a miracle book, and Jesus is a miracle man. And it's amazing about all the miracles that Jesus um, walked in. And, um, and I like this. And so our, our Christian faith is not just based on all the miracles. It's based on the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. But, uh, but there are, were so many miracles about Jesus and his ministry. And it really starts off with uh, the miracle of the prophetic words that were ministered in the Old Testament. Uh, there's over 300 prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament. And Jesus fulfilled all 300 prophecies. Can somebody say that's a miracle? miracle. For one man to be able to fulfill all these prophetic words that were spoken by men that were inspired by God to write on the pages of the Bible, uh, that's a miracle. Just that alone should make you think, wow, Jesus is something special. I love what it says in Genesis 3.15. And this is uh, a prophetic word about Jesus, our Savior. And, and it's about when uh, Adam and Eve sinned, uh, God had to pronounce judgment on sin. And when, when Adam and Eve sinned, judgment came in. And so the world and the, the ground got cursed. And so death came in when sin came in. But thank God when Jesus came into this uh, world, life came in. Amen. Amen. And so, I, so right here, there was a judgment that was placed on the devil in Genesis 3.15. And this is a prophetic word that Jesus fulfilled And it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head, talking about Jesus, and you shall bruise his heel. So Jesus pronounced judgment on the devil uh, when he tempted Adam and Eve to sin. And so he said that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. And so we know that ladies don't have seed unless they are pregnant by the Holy Spirit and they receive the seed by the word of God. And so a word is considered seed. And when Mary received that word that she would have Jesus to be the savior of the world, she said, let it be unto you according to the word that was spoken to her. And so, so, so Jesus is the seed. I like what it says here because Jesus came not only to uh, save us from our sins, but he came to undo the works of the evil one. I love that because uh, we are in a world that is uh, volatile and corruptible. So the world that we live in isn't heaven. And so it was never intended, this world was never intended to have a lot of problems. Uh, Original intent, when God created this earth, he created it in perfect 
and he created Adam and Eve to be perfect. And if they, ne- if they, if they never, fit, if they didn't eat of that fruit, uh, then this world would have been a perfect world. But because they ate of that fruit and they rebelled against God, uh, the, there's a cursed system in the world. But thank God, Jesus came to reverse that curse. Praise God. And that curse can be reversed in our families and in our lives. Amen. So it says here in 1 John 3, 8, it says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And he, what he did was he raised up his disciples and he taught them how to pray for the sick and how to cast out devils. And he's telling us to do the same thing. So what are we called to do? We're called to destroy the works of the devil in our lives and in the lives of our family and our friends. Do you believe that today? Somebody say, I'm anointed. I'm appointed to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. So praise God. And so we need to get a revelation of that. So uh, what's, we don't base our faith just on the prophecies of the Old Testament that Jesus fulfilled. Uh, we, don't, we, we, don't, we don't base our faith on the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin, but this is important. Let's look at Matthew 1, 19 through 23. And this is the account of an angel talking to Joseph. And uh, let's, let's read this. It says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But why he thought about these things. See, Joseph was engaged to be married to Mary. And uh, she was pregnant. So he thought uh, she, she did some wrong things. That she cheated on him. But... Uh, you know, God had to reveal to Joseph that Mary did not cheat on Joseph. Amen. And so notice this. It says that that Joseph was going to put her away secretly. So he was a just man. She could have got stoned for, for that. But why he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, Mary, your wife, that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. That's powerful. And sh- she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I want you to focus on that. Because I'm going to say this. We don't really have a coronavirus problem, per se. Yes, it's, I'm not denying the fact that there is a virus out here. I'm not denying the fact that, that people are dying from it. But what I am saying is the, the real problem is not the coronavirus to the world. The real problem is sin. Can I get an amen in the house today? Because sin is the real problem to mankind. Sin is a disease that will destroy mankind. And Jesus is the remedy 
for the sin problem of mankind. Isn't that awesome? So sin, you know, the world, they do not want to believe that sin exists. The unbeliever, uh, most unbelievers believe that they're good people and that, um, that by their own moral goodness, uh, that, you know, that should get them into heaven. But, but there's nobody morally good enough to make it into heaven. And sin will bring death into each one of our lives. Amen. And so it says here that Jesus came to save his people from their sins. Amen. And uh, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So Jesus, uh, you could say another name for Jesus is Emmanuel. God with us. You can actually say that we're in, uh, you know, Jesus came, you know, the Bible says that Moses brought the law, but Jesus came uh, by grace and truth. Amen. So Jesus brought grace and truth. So you can actually say that we're in the age of grace. Amen. So we're in the age of grace. You know, I just want to just say something. This coronavirus is not a judgment of God. Amen. Why? Because, because we're in the age of grace right now. God is trying to draw people into his kingdom. And how does he do that? By love. He does that because uh, he draws people not by persecution. It's the love of God that brings men to repentance. It's the goodness of God. So I would have to declare to you that the coronavirus is something that steals, kills, and destroys. And my Bible says all good gifts comes from Father above, the Father of lights, with there is no variable or shadow of turning. So I, I, I don't believe that God wants the Christian church to be shut down. I don't believe it's God's will for that. That's why we got to stand in faith and believe, amen, that uh, this, this coronavirus is dying out. It's not the will of God for churches to be emptied and to be streaming live. No, it's for the will of God is for every church to be filled to capacity with people. Glory to God. That's why the Bible says go to the highways and byways and compel people to come in to the house of the Lord. So we see here that Jesus wasn't just a good prophet or a teacher. Jesus was born of a virgin. And that's very important because that tells us that, that really Jesus' DNA is of the Heavenly Father. You know, they would do tests called paternity tests to find out if, if the father is of, uh, if the babe, if the father is the, if the person's a father of a baby that was, that a woman had, and if she was maybe with different partners, they could check that one person that she may be with through a paternity test, and it would reveal the DNA of the child, and it would show who the father was. So really, the father, uh, so the DNA of Jesus is Father God. And so that tells us that the blood of Jesus is pure blood. Amen. Amen. You see, we 
when we are born, we are, are born of Adam and Eve and, of their, and, and their sinful nature is awakened in us. And so, and so we have a sin nature, and, but Jesus does not have that sin nature. He was perfect. Amen. He never sinned. Uh, sometimes I'm talking to people and I'm witnessing to people about Jesus. And I ask people about Jesus a lot. Uh, I, sometimes I ask them, do you think Jesus was perfect? And some people say, I don't know. Jesus had to be a perfect, spotless lamb. The Bible says that Jesus is the lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. And one of the prerequisites of bringing an animal to God for a sacrifice, it had to be a perfect animal without blemish, without spot. It couldn't be an animal that had problems. It couldn't be a sickly animal. It had to be a perfect animal. Why? Because God was revealing something in the Old Testament that these animals that was brought to him to cover the sins of the people, amen, had to be perfect. Why? Because he was revealing that he was going to send Jesus that is perfect, Let's just let, let me let's let's get a couple of scriptures that bears this out. First Peter two twenty one uh, and twenty two says it this way: for to the for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should know his steps, who committed no sin nor was deceit found in his mouth. So this is Peter, and he's talking about Jesus. And he's saying Jesus committed no sin. Amen. Amen. You can't say that of people of today. We all have missed it. But Jesus has committed no sin. Uh, I like what it says. This is Paul because through every through uh, two or three witnesses, let every word be confirmed. Second Corinthians 521. I love this. It says for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. So he made who? Jesus, who knew no sin. Think about that. To be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus knew no sin. Another testimony. That's good news today. Why? Because Jesus is the God-man that walked out this life perfectly, and he never bowed his knee to Satan. He never sinned. So he's the perfect sacrifice. And it says here that he went to the cross to to become sin. Now, he he was made sin on the cross. Sin was imputed to him, but he never sinned. What does that mean? That means that since he uh, sin was imputed to him, that means that when we receive Christ, and we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, righteousness is imputed to us. Amen. 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 That's good news today. That's great news. In other words, our sins are not holding us back in having a relationship with God the Father. In other words, the blood of Jesus doesn't just cover our sins. We have more than just forgiveness of sins. We have our sins washed away. In other words, there is no condemnation. There is no 
condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. For the law of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. In other words, we're free. Amen. That's good news today. Because you can get up and you can thank God that the blood of Jesus is working. And, your, and the consequences of your sin has been taken care of. Amen. So, so the world has a sin problem, but God has a solution to the world's sin problem. And that solution is Jesus. Jesus came to, to redeem mankind from eternal consequences of sin and the tyranny of Satan to bring us in right relationship to the Heavenly Father. Can I say that again? Jesus came to redeem mankind from eternal consequences of sin and tyranny of Satan and to bring us in right relationship with God. You see, sin has, if we don't repent and receive Jesus, has eternal consequences. Amen. Sin has eternal consequences. Uh, It says here, in Romans 3, 23 and 24, because some people of the world that has not received Christ, they don't see themselves as sinners. Amen. Can I get an amen or oh me? A lot of people in this world, if you ask them, are you a bad person or an evil person? Most people would say, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a good person. And most people don't believe that their lifestyle, even though it may be contradictory to the word of God and the laws of God, they don't believe that that's enough sin to send them to hell. Listen, just a little bit of sin can send us to hell. Amen. It doesn't take a lot of sin. You could be a moral person, but without Jesus, you could be the most moral person on planet Earth. And if you don't have Jesus and receive him as your Lord and Savior, you will go to hell even being a morally, a moral, upright person. Why? Because our morality can't get us into heaven. It's only Jesus and his sacrifice. Because nobody's that good. Amen. Amen. Our righteousness is not as, as high as God's righteousness. In other words, God is perfect and we're imperfect and we're going to miss it. There's going to be things that we do that we step across the line into sin. Amen. So it says here in Romans three twenty three, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace... Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So here Paul is saying all have sinned. Amen. In other words, uh, you know, there's nobody on this planet besides Jesus that walked 2000 years ago. It has avoided walking in any type of sin. So we say, see this, that that Paul is saying that all have sinned and fallen short. So we've all missed it. Amen. Amen. It says also in John, if you say you haven't sinned, you make God a liar. (laughs) Doesn't the Bible say that? If we say that, we've never missed it. 
we make God a liar. Amen? So, but, but, but there is a remedy, and that's the blood of Jesus. It says here, now, the consequences of sin, it says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the payoff of sin is death. And that results in disease. That results in poverty. That results in the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So the pinnacle of our faith, the, the key scripture, and I do, and I, I witness a lot to people. I ask them if they know John 3, 16. Some people say they're Christians and they don't even know John 3, 16. And I don't know how you could be a Christian unless you're a brand new Christian um, without knowing the pinnacle scripture of the foundation of our Christian faith. For John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish. Notice that, should not perish. What is that saying to us? If we don't receive Jesus, we will perish. We will die and go to a devil's hell that God never meant for us to go to. You see, hell was never meant for people. Hell was meant for the devil. But people are going to hell every day. Why? Because they're not receiving Christ as their Lord and Savior. So, 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 so... For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, die, and go to a devil's hell, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through Jesus. Amen. So today I want to talk to you about what Jesus actually did for us when he went to the cross. And, he, and it's in Galatians 3, 13 and 14. It says in Galatians 3, 13 and 14, it says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for his written curse is everyone who hangs on the tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. So we see here that Jesus went to the cross, and on the cross, Jesus was cursed on the cross, in a sense. Jesus was cursed on the cross. Jesus paid the penalty of our sinful acts through his, through his death on the cross. Jesus is called our perpetuation, which means he's our sin bearer, and he took the the punishment of mankind's sin on the cross. That's good news today. That's good news today. Jesus paid the price for us. Why? So we don't have to pay that price. We don't have to pay the price of the penalty of sin in our own lives. What do we get? We get heaven. We get our sins forgiven and washed away. Jesus paid that price. He became a curse and it says that, he, that, that God has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What does that mean? That means that, that there, first of all, that sin has a penalty, and that penalty is death. Yes. 
That's what it means. The, the, that Jesus paid the price for us to have eternal life. Those that don't have Jesus, will have, uh, they're walking in eternal death. Amen. But they that have Jesus has eternal life. What is eternal life, you may ask? It's a life knowing and being in relationship with a loving Heavenly Father and, a, and the loving body of Christ, where we will experience peace and love and joy in God's presence. Think about that. What, again, what is eternal life? It, it's eternal life. It's more than just living forever because we all are going to live forever. Now, I'm not saying we're not going to die, but I'm saying that when God created mankind, we are spirit beings that live in a physical body. And our spirits never die. Amen. In other words, they exist. Now, I know the Bible says that we'll that, that the sinner will, uh, you know, that. It talks about the second death, which the sinner that does not repent and receive Jesus will go to hell. And eventually the final abode is a lake of fire. I'm going to say this. I'm so excited that I am saved and that my destination isn't hell and a lake of fire. Amen. I'm so excited that Jesus paid. This is good news today. This should get us excited today. Because I'm, I, my sin's not going to send me to a devil's hell and, and a, uh, you know, a pit of fire, glory to God. No, no, Jesus' blood is going to bring me to the, to the gates of heaven and is going to bring me on the streets of gold. And God is so awesome because Jesus paid that price. Glory to God. Amen. So I love this because eternal life uh, is in John 10, 10, part of that, Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it, what? More abundantly. So God wants us walk in an abundant life. So eternal life includes an abundant life. What does that mean? That means that God wants his overflowing love and provisions and blessings to be on his people. Glory to God. And so I like what it says in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, because I want to say this. Religion won't get us to heaven. Amen. Only a relationship with God. Hallelujah. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight and 30, Jesus is speaking. He says, come to me, all you are labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. I love that. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what Jesus was saying is, come to me all who are burned out on religion. <laughs> See, there's a lot of religion out here. There's a, a lot of uh, ways that people say that you can get to heaven. There's, there's a lot of different ways out here. Amen. Where if you ascribe to the rules and regulations of that religion, perhaps you might make it to heaven. But listen, religion won't get you to heaven. Amen. Rules and regulations following that, uh, we always come up short and we never can follow it to the T. Amen. And religion, trying to keep religious rules, will always burn us out. Amen. 
But thank God we don't have to keep religious rules in our walk with Christ. Thank God we can just walk with him. And, and as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus, his son, continually cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Thank God for that. So Jesus is saying, listen, don't, don't get so caught up in religion. Get caught up in Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There's no other way to the Father but through me. Jesus is the door to our heavenly blessings. I love that. Look at Ephesians 2, 5 through 9, because we're looking at the blessing of salvation today. And, um, and look, look at this. It says here, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, we have been saved and, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that of not yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, amen, lest anyone should boast. So we see here that Paul is saying here that, that why we were dead in our trespasses, Christ died for us, Amen. And we were dead in our trespasses and sin, but, God, but Jesus died for us and he called us into a relationship with himself. Amen. And the Bible says that once we receive Christ, positionally we're raised up and we're seated in heavenly places. But I love this because there's a promise here because our salvation is just a down payment when we're living down here. Because it says here, to complete our salvation, it says that God, God is going to show how much he loves us in eternity, amen, by showing us his exceeding riches of his grace in heaven. In other words, you know, serving Christ down here, there is a heavenly benefit. I, I like that. In other words, God sees that we put down this worldly life to pick up a heavenly life. Hallelujah. Amen. That's exciting today. So I love that. So, so what happens when we reject Christ? What happens when a person doesn't receive Christ? Well, we, we don't have those heavenly benefits and we will receive eternal punishment. Let's look at something here because I think this is important. You know, most, I don't really hear a lot of preaching and I watch a lot of it on hell. It's not, it's not real popular. So I watch a lot of ministers, but I don't hear a lot of ministers talking about hell. And you know, I, I'm not here to bring a downer message. I'm here to bring you up. But hell is a reality. Hell really exists. Hell is not a, you know, most, some people think, well, and some even people minister, well, hell is just a temporary place and then you'll be annihilated and you won't exist anymore. No, people that go to hell will always exist in hell. In, in, in perpetual torture and torment. Look at this. You know, 
before I go into this, Luke 16, 19, and 31. This, this is pretty awesome. This is Jesus. And he's talking about a man that went to hell. And some call this a, some would try to call this a parable. Uh, or a, but it's not a parable. It's really an account of a real person going to hell. Because Jesus actually uses a person's name in this story. And when Jesus talked about parables, he never used a name. So this is actually talking about a real person that went to hell and another person that went to um, Abraham's bosom. A place, a compartment that was placed where the righteous went before Jesus paid the price. And paid the price and took his blood to heaven. And then once he did that, all the saints that were in this place called Abraham's bosom was raised up into heaven. Amen. But let's look at this. It says here, there was a certain rich man that was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. Notice he gave a person's name. Full of sores who was laid at the gate desiring to be fed from the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. Amen. So this is a place that the um, people of God, um, uh, there, that was their abode until Jesus paid the price for them to go into heaven. And it says, the rich man also died and was buried and being in torments in Hades. Amen. In uh, the King James says hell. And he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip his tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in flame. But Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he can comfort it. And you are tormented. And besides all these between us, there is a great gulf fixed that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded till one rise from the dead. So we see here that Jesus is talking about two people in this account. And Jesus is saying there was a rich man and then there was a, uh, a poor man. Uh, that, that was a beggar. And this poor man had a relationship with God. And this poor man went to basically heaven, but the rich man went to hell because the rich man didn't care about anything about God. The rich man didn't care about, obviously, about the beggar that was at his, you know, in front of his house. He didn't care about people he didn't care about anybody but himself. And so what is, this, what is sin? Sin is basically uh, just denying God in your life and denying his rulership in your life 
and living your life the way you want to live it without any accountability of God in it. That is sin in a nutshell. It's when we don't want to live our life under God. We want to live our life by our own rules. And there's many people who say, I don't want God in my life. They, they live their life the way they want to live it. And you know, you know the theme song in hell. There's a theme song in hell. And uh, it's an old song by Frank Sinatra. And it's no, you know, I don't know where Frank Sinatra is at. Hopefully he made it to heaven. But he sang an old song. You know, I did it my way. You know, and, and there's an old song, I did it my way. And I can't sing the song. I wish I knew some of the words. And the theme song in hell is that the people that rejected Christ, they did it their way. You can do it your way. But you can also have, you know, hell to pay. Uh, You know, I'm not going to live my life for myself. I'm not going to live my life selfishly, not looking at the needs of other people. No, I'm going to live my life for Christ. I'm going to live for Christ. You know, the Bible says... Uh, that, that we're supposed to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. And this is the problem with a lot of people in the world. They're trying to save their life. You know, they're trying to protect themselves. They're trying to, it's called self-preservation. We're trying to look out for ourselves. The Bible says if you're trying to keep your life, you will lose it. Jesus said, if you're trying to keep and protect your life, you'll lose it. But if you're willing to lay down your life for the gospel, amen, you will find it. Amen. Isn't that good news? In other words, when you lay down your life for Christ, you will pick it up in newness, glory to God, and you will have purpose. And our purpose is to bring as many people into the kingdom of God because there is a hell to shun And I have in the game. And there's a purpose for us to be here. And that purpose is is to reveal to people if they don't receive Christ and they don't receive their sins forgiven. There is a consequence to a sinful lifestyle without Jesus. And that consequence is hell. Notice that the rich man became evangelistic in hell. He started thinking about my brother's. Might come to this place. See, people turn, these people that go to hell, they realize how bad it is. And even people in hell don't want people of the earth to go down there. It's so bad in hell, they don't want them. It's not a party in hell. It's eternal torment. We need to understand that. We have a calling as the body of Christ. And that's to reach as many people as we can with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why I'm ministering a message today like this. Because I don't want anybody at the sound of my voice going to that place. Amen. See, God takes no pleasure in sending people to hell. God takes no pleasure in that. No, no. The Bible says that God is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. And that's why he's not acting in judgment right now. He wants as many people, he's holding back the judgment of this earth until people come into the kingdom of God. Amen. Do you believe that today? So, so Jesus, when he came, he redeemed us people from the consequences of our sin. And the consequences of sin is death and hell. 
Glory to God. But thank God that Jesus paid the price on the cross and he received punishment. And I'm telling you, he was whipped. He was beaten. He was punched. Jesus was spit on. Jesus had nails driven through his hands and feet. He had a thorny crown that came upon his head. He was humiliated on the cross so that we could be vindicated. Glory to God. Jesus paid a hellish price so that we could have a heavenly benefit. Isn't that awesome today? Sin put Jesus on the cross. You see, it, was, it, 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 it wasn't just the Romans that put Jesus on the cross. It wasn't just the Pharisees, the Jews, that put Jesus on the cross. It was sin. My sin and your sin nailed Jesus on the cross. But thank God there was a purpose for Jesus going to the cross. And that's the redemption of mankind. So the first key that we're redeemed from, we're redeemed from eternal death into eternal life. Number two, we're redeemed from the curse of the law. And it's, it's threefold. From, uh, we have eternal life. The second thing we're redeemed from is sickness. That's right. We're redeemed from sickness. Now, I'm not saying we don't get sick, but I'm saying that Jesus paid the price in his atonement so that we could walk in health and healing. You know, uh, we, we got to believe this because there's people that are Christians that don't believe that Jesus paid the price for their sickness. And we got to say, I believe that, you know, I believe that Jesus is the antibody for any virus that will try to attack us. Amen. We were in the store yesterday and Yin was doing some shopping. She was telling me about this. And uh, she was uh, picking up some stuff. She was close. She, I don't think she was six feet away from uh, the person that was there getting some groceries as well. And the person said to, to Yen, are you afraid you're going to catch the coronavirus because you're close to me? And she said, afraid of the coronavirus? I have Jesus. <laughs> you know, Jesus protects me. I have faith in Jesus and the blood of Jesus and the price that he paid. We don't need to be afraid of the coronavirus. No, we just need to believe that Jesus' blood protects us. I'm not walking. I'm not in fear of the coronavirus. Amen. Amen. And you shouldn't be in fear. Why? Because there's a remedy for that. And that's Jesus. Jesus redeemed us from sickness. Let's look at Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. It says, surely he, talking about Jesus, has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, our pains. So if you take, if you take the Hebrew, the, the word griefs can be translated sicknesses, and the word sorrows can be translated pains. So he took our, our griefs, our sicknesses, and he carried our pains. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? In other words, Jesus paid the price in his body so that we could have healthy bodies. Somebody say, I believe that. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But Jesus was wounded. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And here's the, the, the scripture that we want to hone in on. 
And by his stripes, we are healed. Think about that. By Jesus' stripes, we are healed. So, so, so the atonement of Christ is more than just forgiveness of sins. It's more than just us having right standing with God. No, the, the atonement of Christ covers the, the, the sickness that will try to attack our bodies. That's why we stand firm in faith. By Jesus' stripes, we are healed. Say that. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Amen. We must come in agreement with God's word. I like what it says in Matthew 8, 16 and 17. It says, when evening has come, they brought to him, who? Jesus, many who were demon possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. So that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. So what did Jesus do on the cross? Not only did he take our sins away, he purged us of our sins and the consequences of our sins, but he, he uh, took away our sicknesses as well. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. And the third key to our redemption in Christ, when Jesus went to the cross, first, he gave us eternal life. Second, he gave us healing for our bodies. And number three, he gave us prosperity instead of poverty. Amen. The Bible says this, that Jesus became poor and through his poverty, we might become rich. Second Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that through he was, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. So, so, so Jesus uh, became poor on the cross. They stripped him of his robe. Uh, theologians say that he was on the cross and he was uh, stripped of all his clothing. He was naked on the cross. He became dirt poor at the cross. Why? So that we could have an abundant life and that God wants us walking in the blessing of abundance. Amen. In other words, Christ has redeemed us from poverty. Glory to God. I like what it says in 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your souls prosper. And so here, uh, John got the revelation that, that we may prosper in all things. So, so, so Jesus paid the price and he became poor at the cross so that through his poverty, we may become rich. In other words, that we may have an abundance for every good work. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I like what it says in Psalms 35, 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually that the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. See, God has great pleasure 
and prosper in the body of Jesus Christ. You know, I know Christians that, you know, through this pandemic, people are losing their jobs. But I, but I, have, I have people in my congregation that are prospering in the midst of the pandemic. Why? Because God will cause us to rise above what the enemy is trying to do in this world system. And I'm telling you, God has redeemed us. He has redeemed us from the consequences of sin. We, we don't get hell, we get heaven. He has redeemed us from sickness. Jesus was, was made, uh, he was made, you know, he paid for our sickness through his stripes so that we may be healed. He, he became poor so that we may be prosperous. Glory to God. So I'm telling you, there's a lot to rejoice about in being a saved person in Christ. And we just need to continue to praise God. And we need to take, continue to take our authority over anything that will try to come against us. And we need to speak the promises of God's word. And I'm declaring and decreeing that the coronavirus is dying out. I'm declaring and decreeing that, that people are coming that may be, may be getting some of this coronavirus or walking out, walking through it and getting healed on the other side. And I, I'm declaring to you that, that as the truth of God's word comes out here, less and less Christians will be fearful of it and more and more Christians will be bold and stand up in who they are in Christ Jesus. Can I get a witness in the house Today, glory to God. Well, I'm going to say this to you today. If maybe you're watching today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you don't know where you're going to spend eternity. Well, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess Jesus with your mouth, believe in your heart. He died on the cross for your sins. He paid the price for your sins. And you believe that he was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. See, the pinnacle of our faith is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we have to believe that, he, that Jesus, that, that, that he was raised from the dead for our justification. So if you're here today and you're watching uh, today and you've never made that proclamation, I want to lead you. In a prayer that will bring you out of the judgment of God into the blessing of the Heavenly Father. Say this after me in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior and I turn my back on sin, Satan, and the world. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.